0: Oh hey Rebels, it's me, Sheila gunn and you're listening to a free audio-only recording of my weekly Wednesday night show, The Gun Show. However, as you know, I say it every week, this is the internet, and the beauty of that is that you can listen or watch the show whenever you feel like. Now, tonight my guest is someone new to the show, but I don't think he's all that new to you, is Cosmin Gergia from True North, and he has really been drilling down on a lot of the madness that is happening at the school board level in Canada, and... As a parent, it's pretty frightening. Now, if you like listening to the show, then I promise you're going to love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-form TV-style shows here on Rebel News. Subscribers get access to my show, which naturally I think is pretty great. But you also get access to Ezra Levant's Nightly Ezra Levant Show, David Menzies' fun Friday night show Rebel Roundup, and Andrew Chapados' show Andrew Says. It's only 8 bucks a month for all of that. And just for our podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new Rebel News Plus subscription by using the coupon code podcast when you subscribe. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com to become a member today. Now, please enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. What is the most insane school board in the entire country? I think one just self-identified. I'm Sheila Gunreed and you are watching the Gun Show. Ottawa Carleton District School Board might be one of the most overtly woke school boards in the most overtly woke country, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. Cosman, Georgia from True North has been the lead investigative journalist in the entire country, digging into some of the more radical policies and initiatives at school boards from coast to coast to coast. And the OCDSB has come on his radar with some really bizarre decisions. For example, back in September, the board removed Lord of the Flies after the William Golding novel was described by a student as rife with, quote, white male supremacy, which tells the story of a group of boys in a hierarchical order who fight for power and degrade one another, end quote. Good job missing the point there, little lady. Three weeks before Remembrance Day, the board wondered, If singing O Canada at school gatherings was, quote, distasteful, and they mused if the tradition, which is entrenched in Ontario law, should be just, you know, replaced altogether. Now, more recently, and possibly more troubling, the school issued a 42-page gender identity and gender expression document, which was meant to foster inclusive learning environments for all students. Now, this document requires the schools to recognize the gender self-identification of students at any age and prevents schools and teachers from sharing the new identities of the students with their parents. Look at this from Cosman's article. Trans, two-spirit, gender-diverse people are experts in their own identities and experiences, and school staff must follow students' leads regarding the spaces and language that are most comfortable for them at any time. School staff shall not share a student's trans or gender diverse status with family members or guardians without the explicit permission of the student. A student's gender identity will only be disclosed to another person on a need to know basis. I'd say parents always need to know. Joining me tonight to discuss just some of the woke madness coming out of the OCDSB is Cosmin Georgia of True North Center. Take a listen. Joining me now from True North is Cosman Georgia. I had to ask his name in advance how to pronounce it because I've only ever read it. I've never actually said it. Thanks for joining me, Cosman. Um, I noticed some of your reporting over the last little bit has just been fantastic on the madness um, at some of these school boards. But in particular, the Ottawa Carleton District School Board, It, it I think it's one of the craziest ones in the country that we know about because so many of these school boards do things that we don't really know about, but these guys are pretty upfront about it. And uh, you have a great article over on true North that uh, goes into the school boards, gender guide that says teachers can't question the washroom preferences of students. Can you give us a, a broad overview of what's happening here?
1: Absolutely. Sheila, thank you for having me. Um, So before I go into the specifics of that guide, I would say that Canadian parents would be horrified to see the type of gender ideology, critical race theory that is being pushed on the next generation of Canadian kids uh, at these school boards. And like you said, yes, uh, the Ottawa Carleton District School Board is uh, one of the worst uh, uh, and most aggressive Um, boards that has been uh, conducting themselves in this way. But there are other school boards, the Toronto District School Board, you know, where I'm originally from the Waterloo Region District School Board. They all have similar ideas uh, regarding, you know, gender, uh, race and other identity issues.
0: Now, this latest guide, it's actually the second iteration of a guide that was originally published back in 2016. It's called Gender Identity and Gender Expression fostering inclusive learning environments for all students. And uh, this will be presented to the OCDSB. So that's uh, Ottawa Carleton District School Board's Advisory Committee on Equity on Thursday, this coming Thursday, November 25th, 2021. So there's really not a lot of time for parents to get involved. And if you are not actively on top of this stuff and, you know, life gets in the way, And you don't even think this stuff is being taught to your kids. This is something that you hear about in American news media, but it's here and it's coming. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what this guide entails.
1: Sure. So it's a sort of reference guide for educators, staff, teachers uh, on how to deal with, uh, you know, kids that might uh, identify a different gender. So, uh, you know, kids from the queer LGBT community. Uh, but the, the guide, it's, it's a very comprehensive update to that 2016 uh, document, which is only about like 14 pages. This is about 46 pages. And it goes into detail on how to, um, you know, whether parents need consent, uh, kids need consent from their parents to change their names uh, to a different gender on their uh, school records. So there's a part at the end of that that uh, has it's a guided uh, guided questions section that instructs teachers to ask their uh, students whether they would like to hide this information from their parents, whether they would like to hide, you know, their gender transitions. Um, and it's funny because there's a disclaimer in that section that says, you know, oh, we, we're not uh, encouraging or, uh, you know, uh, telling teachers to lie to, 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 to their parents necessarily, but it doesn't say that uh, they shouldn't lie. So it's uh, it's a very problematic document. Um, it also goes into things like how to teach uh, mathematics or science or techno- uh, technological studies through a gender affirming lens. So uh, it's, it's essentially an ideological purity uh, test that uh, teachers and educators are being asked to abide by uh, without question.
0: Yeah, it, it alludes to guiding questions which sound like grooming questions. Once you get into them a little deeper, teachers are asked to pose a number of questions to students pertaining to hiding their gender identities or transitioning from their parents or guardians. And they sort of get together with the students that they've kind of identified as being on a broader gender spectrum, I guess, to use the language of the left. And then they sort of plot together about how we're gonna deal with this when it comes to your parents ahead of the parents even knowing about any of this stuff and make a plan with the students about whether we're not, whether we're going to tell your parents or not tell your parents while your children are manifesting this stuff at school.
1: Yes. And it it all hinges, uh, it says directly in that document that self-identification is the sole measure of a person's gender. So not their biological sex, but how they feel in that moment. So uh, essentially, teachers are being asked to abide and and respond to the whims of students, depending on their mood or, or, or gender flavor of that day. Um, I'm not sure whether this is a sustainable or, or you know, a, a good approach, considering, you know, I was a teenager once and, and mm-hmm. I was moody and changed my mind all of the time. So are we really going to, uh, you know, create policies uh, and, and you know, ways we educate kids based solely on, on this uh, I I don't think it's such a good idea.
0: Now, you touched on this briefly, but students themselves can initiate changing their school records based on how students self-identify. And the school will just go along with this. And this was kind of shocking to me because my daughter can't change her address (laughs) without me having to sign off on a piece of paper saying, yeah, this is where we live now. Um, And so the... Students can actually change their own name and sex on their government documents or their official school records. And the only way the parents would ever know about this is if the parents access the school records on their own at some later point. So you could, you know, be asking for your kids' marks later on down the road, and you're like, oh, who's Susie? I sent Johnny to school. Who's this little girl? And it, the, Teachers have just gone and changed it.
1: Yes, exactly. That's the sort of you know technicalities they use to say, well, we're not hiding this. Parents can access this information, but you know th- they won't be given that information uh, immediately, right? So they have to go and dig for it. And um, as your viewers probably know, here in B.C., there was a big case of a of a of a of a, of a young girl who who is uh, transitioned into into a male. And this uh, fact was hidden from from the father. And he only realized, I think, uh, if I recall correctly, when he saw her school pictures and she was dressed as a boy on that day. So uh, up until then, up until, you know, he accidentally um, you know discovered this fact, it was hidden from them. So, from him, so I, I wonder, you know, if they're willing to hide something like, uh, you know, name changes or, or, or changes of sex on school records. What are what else are they willing to hide from parents?
0: Now, can you tell me? Did they give an age range in this document? Is this for all students, just high school students? When does this apply? When does it kick in? Uh,
1: as far as I can tell, it's um, it applies to all OCDSB schools and. You know, that includes elementary, uh, secondary schools uh, within the district. Yeah.
0: So these could be kids as young as 10 saying, actually, I'm not John, I'm Susie, and I'm a girl now.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think there's any age restrictions there. It's a pretty much a blanket way to to deal with uh, kids of all ages um, who, who, who have these uh, sorts of, uh, you know, uh, gender uh, changes.
0: And. You know, people are going to ask about the washroom issue. It sounds like um, the second a student identifies as the opposite gender or somewhere on that gender spectrum, they can use the washroom that they identify with as opposed to their biological washroom.
1: Yes, it's not only uh, washrooms. It also includes changing rooms. And there's discussions about, you know, what to do on school field trips that are overnight stays. But Um, that document does not, you know, uh, exclude the possibility of a student saying, yes, I I want to go into the, uh, you know, ladies change room, um, even though I'm a biological male, and, you know, do my business there. It it actually states explicitly, do not question, you know, teachers are not allowed to question or surveil washroom use. So I think, you know, there are in, in some cases, genuine people who, who view themselves in a different way and wants to, you know, be accommodated. But the sure. problem sure. with this policy is that it creates a condition where, you know, a potential bad actor could take advantage of this very loose uh, and, you know, uh, hard to enforce uh, thing. And it could create some serious problems for, you know, parents, uh, and children themselves and the, and the school board in the future. Uh, we can see this playing out in the United States. There was a case where, you know, the school uh, essentially hid a sexual assault that was uh, uh, committed by a student in, in, a, in a similar situation as the one I'm discussing right now.
0: Yeah. And I think for me as a parent, I see this as the parents are being excluded from this conversation, we are being put on a need to know basis. Well, it's my kid and I need to know everything. Um, And I I don't think the school should ever be the arbiter of the information that I receive from them about my child. I think that's a, a really concerning thing outside of all the other issues at play here. Isolating parents from information they must have about their children is a real problem here, especially when we know the rates of suicide and attempted suicide for kids who are struggling with their gender identity, you'd want to flag this issue to a parent so that they could be on the lookout for anything manifesting at home.
1: Absolutely. I don't think um, the teachers or or, uh, educators, the bureaucrats uh, will do anything to change this. It is entirely up to parents uh, and until now, they they haven't been very you know uh, aware of what's been going on because the media is, would happily like to ignore it. Um, you know, when push comes to shove, they do report on it because it, it's it's very hard to ignore when it's all over social media. Uh, but yeah, you're right. You know, parents have a right to know. They have a right to have a say in in their kids' education, and they need to be made aware of the this endemic problem, uh, throughout Canada. It's, it stretches across the country. Um, I would say probably every school board has some sort of, uh, similar, uh, equity, gender, um, uh, critical race theory inspired policy. Uh, I think it's, 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 uh, it's everywhere. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think keeping this sort of information away from parents flies in the face of the reason they say they're doing it in the first place and that's safety of the student. Um, you know, if your child is experiencing a condition that puts them at risk of self-harm, you would want extra eyeballs on that student and carving parents out of the equation really doesn't do that which they say the policy is designed to do. Now, I want to talk to you more about the Ottawa Carleton District School Board because as we said off the top, this is um, an ongoing issue with this school board that they've adopted basically every leftist bad idea and said, perfect, let's run with that. Um, and so they, uh, you have a report again, you're, I think you're the leading reporter on school board issues in the entire country, because I don't think anybody's really digging into this. Um, we all sort of look at the macro issues of, bad federal government, bad provincial government, but we never look at the government that we can really affect the most because it's the closest to us. And that's the school board, that's municipal politics. Anyway, getting back to what I wanted to ask you about, um, the Ottawa Carleton District School Board's Indigenous Education Advisory Council debated whether making students sing O Canada at the start of the school day was distasteful or should be replaced. This is crazy, but it's also just unsurprising at this point.
1: Yes. And there's very little uh, lack of self-awareness that was, you know, I think within a month uh, or so of Remembrance Day. And they were talking about this as if, you know, singing, oh, Canada is some horrible, evil thing. Uh, and that uh, Indigenous students, you know, present must feel, you know, terrified or ashamed every time they sing Oh Canada, which I think is just a ridiculous um, uh, uh, idea. So yeah, that's, it did happen. There, it was one uh, member in particular of that committee or council who, who brought this issue up and she, yeah, uh, I think it was as, it was a she, but she explicitly stated, um, yeah, it's this distasteful and should be replaced. Replaced with what? I'm not sure, you know, the communist anthem, whatever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's funny because it, that's actually the law in Ontario, right, uh, that opening or closing exercises must include the singing of O Canada and may include the recitation of a pledge of citizenship in the form set out in the regulations. So this is the law in Ontario, and it's there's nothing wrong with that law, but... Um, The chair suggested that Indigenous students, and as I read this, I'm like, this is soft bigotry, actually. This is thinking that Indigenous students are some sort of victimized monolith that all feel the same way about certain things, and they all just, they must just hate Canada by virtue of being Indigenous, which is racist. Um, But she suggested that Indigenous students be permitted to sit and not participate in the singing of O Canada, Elder Dumont expressed the opinion that the government of Canada needs to hold people accountable for the deaths of students at, at residential schools. What has that got to do with the school presentation? I, d- I I don't understand how any of these things mesh and teaching little kids that maybe you have a reason to hate Canada. I don't think that's a great idea for the future of this country.
1: Yeah, um, so even legally speaking, there is uh, exemptions within the uh, Ontario law for singing "O Canada," um, but as it was stated by the OCDSB, you know, you don't have to give any reason to be exempt from singing "O Canada" if you just want to sit down, um, and they'll, they they won't question you. Um, so it, it is technically legal what, what they're saying, but the type of attitude they're 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 taking, uh, uh, willing to trash the country, you know, bring it down, uh, bring the, the the nation down. And, and paint it as some inherently evil, systemically racist thing. Yes, this is, this is happening uh, in, in, in a lot of school boards and a lot of educators uh, and teachers, not all of them. you know. I know teachers, I speak to them, but they do have this belief, this mentality, uh, this sort of uh, ideology that's uh, kind of swept the country under our noses.
0: Now, Cosman, before I let you go, because this is still staying with the Ottawa Carleton District School Board, Back in September, you reported that they removed Lord of the Flies from the English curriculum uh, based on a complaint from a student who noted that she does not need to learn more about white male supremacy, which tells the story of a group of boys in a hierarchical order who fight for power and degrade one another. I think the story of Lord of the Flies has a lot to do with mob rule, (laughs) and this one little girl is the mob that got a book burned. Tell us about this.
1: Yeah, so that was uh, included kind of off the cuff in uh, one of the board meetings' minutes, and basically what was described there was, yeah, the fact that uh, this student in particular, complained in an article written in in, in a n- local or, or student newspaper uh, about that book, you know, in my eyes, completely missing the point uh, <laughs> of of the story, which is actually a, a critique on power structures right. like that. Um, so, yeah, based on this, you know, the school uh, decided to essentially remove it from the curriculum. Now, the OCDSB claims, you know, it's still available as an option of study, but it's not being taught to students. You know, I went to uh, in high school. I I read Lord of the Flies. It's a very popular uh, book to read and it is a good book. It teaches important lessons. But, you know, uh, wokeness wins the day. And it was completely removed uh, from its curriculum as it states in that document. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's just crazy what's unfolding at the school board level. And, um, yeah, I, I'm afraid that a lot of parents are just sort of asleep at the switch. They're going through the motions. You send your parent or you send your kids to school thinking that they're going to learn actual valuable things that will help them in their future, but, Uh, The brainwashing apparently starts younger and and younger and younger. Cosmin, how can people find your work? Because like I said, you are one of the only journalists in the entire country doing this important work. Uh, So how can they find your work and how can they support the work that you do and the work that True North does?
1: Sure. Yeah, you can read our stories uh, at truenorth at tnc.news or alternatively, you can follow me on Twitter at CosminDZS. Um, yeah, and we, we regularly report on this. Uh, we try to, you know, um, maintain and, and constantly check up on school boards. I think it's important work. And I think, um, you know, I'm happy that you're, you're shining a light on this issue.
0: Yeah, I think this is uh, one of those places where the culture war can actually be won in the direction of freedom if we sort of nip it in the bud before the little brainwashed people get into the power structures. So (laughs) I'm glad that you're recognizing this. And I know you have a little one at home. So uh, I'm sure you have uh, personal motivations for doing this kind of work. And I thank you for it. Cosmin, I'm very disappointed myself that I've never had you on the show before, but hopefully we'll have you back on again very, very soon.
1: I would love to. That'd be great.
0: Thank Thanks. You, you know, friends, other school boards might be equally as far left and crazy, but the Ottawa Carleton District School Board is probably the most upfront about it in the entire country. So I think as parents... We probably should appreciate the honesty and we should be grateful for the work that Cosmin Georgia is doing over at True North to shine a light on some of this stuff because it should not be allowed to happen in darkness and without the knowledge of parents. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.